Hey squad, welcome to another week of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, very excited to give you guys today's episode. Um, had an epic conversation uh, with these two humans, one of which you'll know, uh, Tommy T. He's been on a few podcasts already. Um, he's not that interesting, so let's let's skip ahead. Let's move right along. Um, we also sat down with Jake Wilson. Um, now, Jake is someone who I met for the first time uh, when we decided to we decided to record this podcast. Uh, he's someone who very young has had a whole heap of life experience he's done a heap of cool shit you know he's running businesses he's ticking boxes and he's in his own way he's kind of chasing um ways to make the world a better place um and he's someone who i found i connected with really easily and really quickly um because he's frankly just a good guy um so i think there's a lot of learning points um out of this out of this episode for um, doing the shit that kind of gets you up and up and about and gets you out of bed in the morning and and to find different ways and to not really need have the need to get bogged down in in one thing um, all the time so yeah look to be honest he's going to tell his story much better than I will um, so before we get stuck in if you could share subscribe uh, review that would be epic um, I'm really keen to keep growing the podcast in 2019 so if you guys could spare 30 seconds of your day to chuck a review down uh, that would make make me a very very happy podcast host um, yeah let's get stuck in hey here's Jake and Tommy My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Lads, welcome. Thank you. Happy Thursday. Come on. Jake, Tommy, welcome to the podcast. First question for you, Jake, because Tommy, we don't really care what you have to say. Um, You're just here for token special comments, mm -hmm. gags, Mm -hmm. stuff. Comedy relief, (laughs) because. That's true. Jakey boy. Yo. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um. Getting out of bed would actually be showering coffee, and I wouldn't say I'm out of bed until I've had coffee because I do not function as a human. <laughs> and so yes. my business partners can um, <laughs> hold me accountable to that. But uh, for me, it'd probably be purpose mostly, like what's driving me um, every day. I'm a huge opportunist, so every day is a new day, basically. And um, you know, you have your ups and down days, but in general, it's pretty much the, the excitement of we live a pretty short life, and the fact that you get to uh, experience a new day every day. And, yeah, and you get to start again is um, it's pretty rad, I reckon. So that's what gets me out of, more, out of bed most days. That's super um, cool. I love that because I don't think enough people under or people overestimate how long we've actually got. Yeah, and how and we just waste it. And we burn days and we burn months. Next thing we know, we're fucking twenty six and it's all over. Totally. It's what? Like, it's like uh, Gary V, one of my favorite um, entrepreneurs. I guess that yep. I listen to. He's always saying that. Basically, go as hard as you can while you're young, 
or and even you, if you wake up tomorrow and you're 40 and you still haven't achieved anything, just keep doing it again because mm-hmm. end of the day you've only got 80 odd years to live here. So what's the point? If of you're lucky, not trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely opportunities that uh, present themselves. What can you articulate on what that purpose is that you're kind of heading towards? Yeah, you're working towards. Um, I wouldn't say have it down pat. Um, the purpose is that we like straight up we live in a first world country where pretty blessed so the opportunity that whether you're in the top one percent of a first world country or the top 10 um, is pretty high and you've got opportunity all around you so the purpose is just not wasting life essentially at the start of it um for me it it more and more revolves around others um community um i'd love to be able to look back at 80 and go it wasn't about me really but it was about the way i impacted the world and the people around me um love that uh, I'm a, a person of faith, so that obviously comes in as well and the way that impacts my world and what it actually looks like to help people. But um, at the end of the day, purpose for me is is what am I doing for the people around me and not wasting the, the short life we get to live. Right now, in terms of like what you do, and I guess this is going to be a lot more about who you are rather than, and why you do it rather than what you do, but how are you living that purpose at the moment, day yeah. to day? Um, so my... So I have a couple of businesses um, and I do some public speaking, some consulting and a range of things. But my, if you want to call it a nine to five, <laughs> it's not a nine to five, but it's it's a job. I actually work at a church called Discovery Church out in Mount Evelyn, um, where I'm kind of in, my job title is executive assistant, but I call myself the gopher because it's not really what, it, <laughs> what I do. I started as an executive assistant <laughs> there, but I kind of do everything. So everything from... Um, uh, the business side of things so like we've got a John Castle business we've got rental properties external events business all those sorts of things um, so they kind of call me the in-house entrepreneur nice. but then also a factor of working with the team um, and basically in that environment I get to set up uh, spaces environments rooms where um, people get to basically experience community um, if it's a Christian event then obviously their faith and their um, personal development in that area um, yep. but but just being able to help people in in basically making their world a little bit better. Um, you know, I like to be pretty, you know, I'm not always the nicest person, but I'm the most direct person. So I'm happy to challenge someone to make their world a bit better. I'm the 10-step guy. So I like that. you tell me your problem and I yeah. won't let you cry on my shoulder, but I'll tell you the three steps to get out of that problem. So, That's you know, cool. just encouraging, coaching, helping people to move forward in life um, yeah. is one area. Um, because I'm in that world, I get to work a lot with NGOs, charities, that sort of stuff. Um, so I was over in Africa recently working with a company called Grace Pads, um, and basically they make reusable sanitary pads and empower local women in Malawi. Um, and since then, I'm working on a few other, um, I guess, uh, ventures in that space. But yeah. um, just being added, like, you know, I'm not just working locally with my neighbourhood, but globally as yeah. well and how can I just contribute to where I'm going and not tell them how to do it but experience their culture understand their culture and for me I travel so much because I love it because you get to really engage with the community and every community has something good about it no matter how bad how poor how negative mm. you could be in the worst environment in the world yeah. but I promise you there's something good there Definitely. and being able to engage with that and bring that home so for me it's just it's just identifying my skill set stepping into whatever environment I'm in and making it a better place I love that. And where we're at. That was fantastic. How did, how did you become that guy? Because I think, like, having the, the variety of roles and having the, the skill set and the capacities to be able to execute on them, how did you become that guy? Yeah, it's a good question. 
Um, school was useless for me. Um, everyone told me I shouldn't be there, um, and I agreed I shouldn't have been there. Failed most things, was good at sport, that was it. Um, but I never learned what, uh, other than a career, what you could do in life. So you, until you kind of bust out of that box, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty small box that you have to do a nine-to-five career, and that's oh, yeah. what I grew up learning at school. So uh, finished school in year 10, um, went into a school-based apprenticeship electrician, realised I didn't like that very quick, uh, pretty quickly. And then became a window cleaner. Um, and I actually worked with a guy who was in community development. And that's when my world started to expand. So basically, I'd clean windows all summer, yeah. um, 14 hour days, six days a week, three months a year, and then travel for the rest of the year. Um, so I, I did that. I didn't see winter in Australia for three years, I think it was. Wow. Um, but just doing that and surrounding myself with, like, taking up good opportunities to not just travel for my own purpose on a holiday, but, you know, so I went to East Timor where I worked with. Um, I think it was Vic Uni on a developmental paper over there and just studying the people and being able to immerse myself in a culture where at the time it was the seventh most dangerous country in the world and the number one undeveloped country in the world and you just go what you learn and understand about people from there is just is just crazy so I started to like I guess engage with people in the world that weren't doing the status quo yeah. um, and kind of moving in different boxes and I, and I would say I'm still working it out um, where I want to go, but Definitely. I guess the people around me is what, because I never did a uni degree. I never did like I've done parts of. Um, I did like <laughs> a year of theological college. I did six weeks of a bachelor of business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done all these random things. I've been a tradie, but nothing really fitted. And for yep. me, it's you know every day I realised pretty quickly that every day I want to do something different and and unique. So what does that work out? And eventually that had kind of equated to being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Essentially. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a 10-year journey. Um, it wasn't like I did something and, yeah, and it worked it out, but it was often the people around me that really moulded me into that, to working out that that's what I loved and that was my passion. So, What was it about school that kind of rubbed you the wrong way? Was it just the, the structure and the ticking boxes, same, same, same every day? Yeah, it's like, you know, if you've ever seen the picture, you stick a monkey, an elephant, a goldfish, and, <laughs> yeah. and a lion all in the same classroom, give them a teacher and tell them to climb the tree, who's going to win? Yeah, um, not the fish. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, or the elephant. Um, the, yeah, I just, it just didn't suit me. Um, you know, you grow up and I was probably, I've never been, um, properly tested, but I've done some online tests, so I'm probably yep. dyslexic. Um, stayed down in year two. Um, maths, English didn't make sense. Still suck at spelling. Just makes no sense whatsoever. But if you give me a computer and tell me to rip it apart and put it back together, I'll do it in a couple of hours. That's cool. You know what I mean? So growing up, I even learned that I quickly learned actually that school was just something I had to do and deal with it mm-hmm. and just just pass. And then outside of that is where I actually learned. So at early age, I started making. Um, handcrafted uh, furniture, coffee really? tables and stuff. Yeah, cool. um, grew up on a farm. Me and my best mate would go on hard, like, to hard rubbish, pull computers, yeah. all these different piles and basically build a computer. So it was all about self, self-teaching and yeah. stuff like that, you know? And then, you know, I go into like professional gaming for a while and that's where I learned leadership because <laughs> you're running a team five guys on Counter-Strike Source. <laughs> right around, yeah, seriously. And like, I got so into it and I was at 3am. Yeah. School was just like my downtime. And then, and I'd come home and play Counter-Strike Source but, in hindsight, I look back and go, man, I learned so much leadership skill from that because you're learning like training patterns, how to work yeah. with other people. Mm. It really developments. Good yeah, like telling so. parents out there that though. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Your son coming home, playing games all night, and then going to school to essentially rest and sleep is good for him. Yeah. Or her. Like, no. 
counterintuitive yeah. to what we're looking at. Conventional wisdom would say. You look at Fortnite now, and what are oh. the top players are making ten million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So it's a serious yeah. career now. It's insane. It's and and it's it's a really important reminder that it's a different world now. Like it's not. We don't live in the industrial age anymore. It's not nine to five, sit in the classroom, stare at a whiteboard. Very very few people actually learn like that and actually develop like that. Um, yeah, I, I think if we allow ourselves to get out of the, the box, so to speak, and actually find the things that we love, and you've been able to create a life that, like, I can tell how passionate you are about what you do. You've been able to create that by, you know, using school as your downtime, which is pretty epic. Hmm. <laughs> how, how do all the, I guess, where the entrepreneurial spirit come from and how that kind of start developing into what now a couple of businesses? Yeah, well... It's pretty crazy, actually. Like, I probably wouldn't have actually identified myself as an entrepreneur until a year ago. Yeah. Um, I knew that's where I wanted to go, um, but I'm one of those guys that hates talking too much about himself. So, right now, entrepreneur is a hype word. Oh, yeah. Um, lots of people put it on their profile and think just because they have a business, they're an entrepreneur. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I didn't actually put that branding on myself at all. I let I went in that path and waited till everyone else called me that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I felt okay to call myself that. Um, so, you know, just because the definition of an entrepreneur means I own or started or run a business, um, I didn't agree with that. So I let the people around me call me an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and even then I tested and measured it for a while. So I still um, struggle with it. To the, yeah. Because like, at the end of the day, like by definition, you are. Yeah. And I am, which is a fucking weird thing to say. But all I, like for me, I'm a coach that run, runs a gym that is in charge of a team and all these other things. Um, plus gin, get gin. excited. Come on, can't uh, wait. To be, to be confirmed when, when that's happening. Um, but yeah, like, is it something that you, now you're just okay with and you just live with? Or yeah. Live with? I'm, I'm at run with? now, I, I did like a, um, I did a little speaking thing with Cam Greenwood. And, um, and we're talking to some year tens, I think they were, and I end up just calling myself a serial entrepreneur because <laughs> I am like I can't sit still. I need to do the next venture. Yeah, so that's cool. you know, in my world right now, I've got uh, two official businesses: coaching, speaking, work at the church, and then I've got two other ventures on the go that I'm just working on a side hustle. You know, like I just can't help myself. Um, <laughs> You've huge got four businesses plus a couple of side hustles because <laughs> you're bored. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, like so. <laughs> And but for me, it's the journey. It's about the other people in that as well. So yeah, yeah I'm totally comfortable with calling myself an entrepreneur now. Yeah. But I only changed my LinkedIn like LinkedIn profile like two months ago. I think <laughs> yeah. until then I was an inspiring entrepreneur. But then everything <laughs> everything after that basically defined me as an entrepreneur. So yeah. it's one it's one of those things. What's it What's it like um, with the speaking gigs and with the talking gigs? Like, what's it like kind of sharing your story and your I guess outlook on the world? To yeah. different people oh, I love it um, uh, in the right context I haven't done like I've done a bit of it but it's somewhere I want to keep advancing and moving into more yeah. um, and I've been loving the opportunities and the reason is like if I can get up in front of some people and just encourage them um, in a healthy way to move forward so like one of my big things would be how do you identify if you are actually an entrepreneur or not and mm. what's the test and measure of that because right now it's so popular and so high mm. But people don't actually realise what it means to be an entrepreneur. Like, yeah. I've spent the last two weeks in the office till 8.30. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and people think an entrepreneur just gets to travel the world and run his businesses and dream stuff. Yeah, that is a part of it sometimes. Um, but, you know, what's what's the definition of a success as an entrepreneur and is that something you actually want to do or not? 
Um, so if I can get up, and I've found that if you get to speak in front of a group of people, that's one of the most impacting ways to do that. Definitely. Um, and just being able to provide you deliver it right, you actually get to impact more people's world quicker. And it's not always about quickness or, you know, I'd, I'd love to do the journey one-on-one, but that's something I do with my staff. Um, so, for example, Double Park, the coffee business I have, um, Evan's one of our um, partners in that. So it's me, my other business partner, Sam Tinsley, yep. and Evan. And um, basically, we kind of came up with the concept and I said to my business partner, I don't want to do it unless Evan's going to be on board. Yeah, cool. Because I'd worked with Evan as a barista, but um, I could see in him he had entrepreneurial skills. His love and passion was coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a, he's not like he's a little bit younger than us, but he was trying to work out, you know, how do I grow my career in coffee and I just identified that and said hey bro how about we give you a path to buy in at 33% in the coffee business nothing up front yeah. and you are and you are an owner of the business and then just come alongside someone like that and go let's do this together you know what I mean and, and iron sharpens iron like yeah. you know Definitely. he's challenged me and shaped me as much as and I, I had a business for four years before that mm. um, as much as I've hopefully sharpened him and, and made him a better person so for me, it's, it's hugely about the one-on-one stuff. Like, I don't think you can beat that ever, like no. developing someone one-on-one. But being able to speak in front of a room <laughs> means if you can challenge them on something or a concept that might not be true, that, that's going to create lasting impact. And I know it has for me. People have spoken to me, like, in a public setting, and I've gone, oh, man, that's the best thing I've ever heard. You take one thing away from a conversation like that, like a big conversation like that, and it's a win. And I think if you can – because all it is is a spark, right? Like, all it is is just giving right. that – big group of people a little spark and you'll you might have a 20 minute conversation and each person takes something slightly different out of it which is a cool thing yep. but i think when you can talk to people one-on-one and kind of realize that talking to we had a chat with a couple of our interns yesterday and they just kind of loaded up on questions for like two hours and we're able to get from you know a to z so much faster than we would have um if it was in a big group and i've heard you talk about the intern stuff and i reckon that's sick because like you hear, oh, intern, he's just going to get me coffee and do all these things. But I've actually heard through your podcast, you're yeah. talking a bit about how... I haven't said something you know, for coffee for a while, actually. <laughs> you, um, yeah, well, you got Tommy saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, Forever an intern. <laughs> thank you for the coffee, Yeah, way. just the way you run that. Like, it sounds like you actually invest into them in developing their future. Like, I think... Mm. Oh, I was in Tommy's podcast. You talk about how they have to do a big project of planning out their own yeah. gym. And you go, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, where else are they going to get that experience? Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. To, it's funny because uh, they're all, a lot of them are starting to get jobs at other gyms and stuff and like even local. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like <laughs> we're creating really good coaches and like it's that reminder that they're working in the industry that we're working in. So everyone's working together rather yeah. than against this. But it's like, damn, I want to hire them. But, but you can't hire them all, right? That's um, right. Which is, which is the... But it also shows you doing part. your job. Yeah. They're becoming, they're outgrowing you, uh, which is cool. the job of every leader, right? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's it still that little. <laughs> it, it does. It's like it's, it's fantastic. But and like I look at some of my uh, mentors, gr- like growing up and become coming into the industry. Like I don't lean on them as much anymore, and I'm kind of doing the same thing in different ways. Yeah. Um, they would have gone through the same feelings that I'm going through now, and it, it, like it's a good feeling, but it's yeah, you're right. It does suck a little bit at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I, I encourage people to try and review if they have mentors. Get mentors if you don't. Oh man, and if number and one, if you do have them, review them every two years. I know mm-hmm. it sounds harsh, and they might become a friend, but maybe they become more a friend than they do a mentor. Which is you know what I mean, which yeah. is totally okay, and have that conversation. Yeah. But 
Um, I think it's pretty key and pretty important to be always moving forward in your space. So do you formalise those relationships with mentors? Like you say, I'm you're my mentor, or is it more an informal kind of understanding? In, in general, I do. Um, I think I've defined my thing of mentor tighter. So I think growing up through my teens, early 20s, I had clear defined mentors. Um, and then I realised that the people around you are developing you just as much as a mentor. And they might be a friend, they might be mm. a boss, they might be a colleague. So it's realising that there's mentoring moments in every relationship. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, but then at the same time, I'll have key, um, especially in the field I work in, like I'll have key mentors as well. Um, like even one of them, I'll class one of my mentor is my counsellor. And the reason I have counsellor is because I'm a verbal processor. So to have someone outside of that environment that I pay every couple of months mm. is like me sitting down with, 10 of the world's best mentors like it's yeah. the best thing I can possibly do because I get everything out and I go okay now I'm going to do next you know what I mean yeah. and she's just an older lady that I have no context for outside of being a counsellor she cool. would be my mentor you know what I mean mm. and then I've got a few other key guys um, but it's balancing that like a lot of my mentors end up becoming mates so yeah. it's that hard balance of just if the conversation needs to have to say hey look I'm realising that you're still trying to be my mentor but I actually consider you more a mate now it's a hard thing to do mm, yeah. and you don't want to be disrespectful, but it's just having that conversation going, hey, we're going to have mentoring moments. But in general, you're my colleague, you're my boss, you're my mm, mate. Yeah. Um, and that, and you know, so like right now I live with one of the guys that was my mentor growing up, but he, I wouldn't class him as my direct mentor anymore, yeah. but he's a good mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're going to learn stuff off him every yeah. now and again. Who are the people outside your, like, I guess people you know personally, who are the people that you look up to? You mentioned Gary Vee. Yeah. Who are the others? Well, social media helps a lot because yeah. people like Gary Vee. Um, there's another guy called Dave Hodge that runs a thing called Kingdom Investors like and runs programs. like That sort of stuff is like super powerful for me because um, it's time and time. Like I can drive down to the peninsula, it takes me 45 an hour to get here and I can listen to two podcasts on the way down. Yeah. So it's that sort of stuff. Um, I would actually say my key mentor group is my core friendship group. That's cool. Um, and just being able to have those real conversations when you need to and like the mentoring moments I guess that I was talking mm. about um, council is a massive one my direct um, boss um, who's a senior pastor so Matt Matthew Destry good um, he's he's been you know we kind of we're working together and we're colleagues and and we got to do a lot of life together camping hiking have fun he moved from Sydney um, but now we're still super close mates but there's still mentoring moments. Plus, he's my boss. Like, he's the guy deciding <laughs> yeah. my payroll. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it's that balance. Um, I've got another, like, really good mate um, who was also my boss at one point and a corporate coach, was a senior pastor, um, and he, and, and like, where now, he, he's not my boss, but we still travel together, hang out together, mentoring sessions together, or yeah. just sit on the back deck and have a beer. Um, okay. Yeah. Those sorts of things, yeah. Which is cool. And, like, I, I think it's cool that you're able to... I guess cultivate an environment where the people around you all the time are your mentors mm. and because you'll be offering the same or different wisdom but the same kind of level of quality to them and then it's kind of this beautiful group of people that just all want to see each other succeed which is the kind of opposite to the majority of society of it becomes that. contagious though yeah like, a few of you together slowly builds and it's like I want to be part of that and mm. you just start bringing people along and all of a sudden you've got this massive network of people that's incredible and just helping each other and it's I mean this is what the podcast this is why Jake's here because I know I met him through coffee circles and I was like oh I know so many other people that you know 
just because of good people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... And that's like, I love to get detective as well about the relationship you do, which can be hard. Like, if you've got yeah. something good going on, you're like, stay out of my world, like, <laughs> <laughs> Get stuffed, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, circle. Like, at the end of the day, you go, actually, we're all here for each other, so yeah. you know, let that go. Yeah. Um, but I'd say I'm in one of those reviewing stages, mm. that two-year reviewing stage. Yeah. So probably for a year now, I've been trying to chase someone that's like a philanthropist kind of serial entrepreneur because I don't have anyone in my world that is really doing that. Mm. Yeah. Um, like that guy Dave, I met him in Queensland at a at a conference, and I just networked hard. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, bro, I'll be your personal driver in Melbourne because I just, <laughs> I'm like, I just want some time, time." Because he's one of the first guys that I'd heard go, "I'm a serial entrepreneur, and here's why." Yeah. And he was one of the first yeah, guys. I was that's like, cool. "That's cool." Like he runs, I think it's uh, thirty companies in nine countries. It's insane. You know what I mean? Like so, but then I I've been trying to find that sort of person in my world, mm. and I've been struggling, but. And like I've got some leads yeah. in that but we'll see and seeking them out and then actually create fostering a relationship with them like right. how beneficial is it when you actually almost like you pull it off yeah like Simon Cooper who's been on the podcast a few times like he's one of really good mates now he works with us like effectively I'm his boss but it doesn't feel like that like he's one of my mentors as well and yeah. we've been using Instagram as a way to connect with people all over the world who are doing things that like help us push our edge push to our edges and it's almost like we've created three or four really cool relationships with people that we've never met but they kind of know who we are we we have conversations with them individually about each other and it's it's, you know it's amazing what we can do now as individuals on like social media platforms and I don't use LinkedIn but I know a lot of people that have made those relationships in LinkedIn Um, what advice would you have for I guess younger people who might feel like more serial entrepreneurs or people that want to be that kind of person who might feel a little bit alone and might feel like they're unable to kind of create those relationships yet. Totally. Um, get yourself in a community and a network, basically. Um, for me, that's been the church world. Um, for other mates, it's been footy clubs, cricket clubs, um, random, as like gaming community. Like I have mates. That's huge. I started like yeah. heaps of my developmental stuff through the gaming community, talking to people over mics, like who knows where they are in the world yeah. but I've had some of the best conversations I've ever had over a microphone with a guy I don't know yeah um, yeah. and I know that can be hard if you're an introvert um, and trying to work that that space out but basically find a field that you're interested in that you've got passion around and go right, I'm just going to throw myself out there and get in it and have those first awkward 30 second conversations mm-hmm. like everyone knows they're awkward just get over it like just do it mm-hmm. and see where it leads and you'll find before you know it you'll belong somewhere like you'll mm-hmm. be a part of something and that's where you just find links and, and as people get to know you, they they kind of direct your world into spaces that you wouldn't normally get the opportunity to move into. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd... Definitely. I'd definitely encourage people. You touched on it before as well. You say you're an opportunist. Um, I, I definitely identify with that as well. Um, can you talk a bit about opportunities you've been given that you, say, in school or before you like left school? Mm-hmm you would never have thought that you'd been like for me someone said you've been coffee when you're listening like, you are high as there's no chance of having drink coffee right now yeah i have no interest whatsoever and someone's like you'll be in coffee and be the head rest for coffee you'll be doing all these things and like just talk to opportunity i think some people are very prescribed in what they think their destiny and what their future should look like mm. when they're say in year 10 and they're looking oh, i'm picking vc subjects train tracks things Train tracks is a good way to put it. Um, talk about how you took opportunity and how it's taking you on this. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon in school context, one of the first 
moments where my box started to expand and go, that's an opportunity that's worth taking and I didn't know that existed, was I had this teacher um, who just who kind of just understood that school wasn't for me and went, I'm personally going to help this guy out, essentially, mm. and just had some good chats with me. And what ended up happening was I skipped, so I stayed down in year two, got into high school um, and would hang out with my peers like the people above me always have um, but I basically skipped year nine, so I went from year eight straight to year ten. Yeah. Mm. Didn't have the education base to yeah, do it. That's cool. Did year nine over the summer, which was a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stole me best mate's books yeah. from his year nine books and went over everything and uh they'll do. Yeah. Um but the reason for that is like we all agree that you don't belong in the school system because not because you're necessarily dumb, but because it just doesn't fit your mindset and the way you're going. So yeah. How about we advance this and move it forward? And that's when I went, oh, I can think outside of a career. Oh, I can think outside of... Like, I wanted to be a chef when I was growing up. I love cooking for people. Um, and then realised what a chef actually looked like, <laughs> yeah. working night shifts, oh, weekends, man. all this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm a social butterfly. Like, I'm, you know, always want to be around people, in, like, hanging out. So, yep. stuff that. But because of those environments and being put into a space where someone just identified that this guy basically need someone to come alongside him and go hey have you thought about this or actually there probably is an option to go at that and he basically made a way for me mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's um, cool and you know it might not be someone you might have to make a way yourself but it's just um, it's just taking a step back breathing and going end of the day I can try something completely fail at it wake up two weeks later or a year later or five years later and it's still all good yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean like a lot of the big success stories or people who say they've really found their purpose mm-hmm. has been a long journey of failures and then yeah. they finally oh, got it right 100% and you know you talk to people that you know like let's say they built a business to 100,000 and they had that for 10 years and then it completely fell and collapsed and it failed And but then they do another one failed do another one failed and then they finally do one you go this is what I love this is what I'm doing and then they've got a 100 million dollar business you yeah. know what I mean and it's just that test and failing process of going you know at the end of the day and school doesn't like shouldn't say school matters but it should be more for practical skills and, and general society skills and mm. not the best ATAR I can possibly oh, get. Yeah. Um, that's what I think. Yeah. And then from there, learn and engage with what your passion is. Mm. I, I dove into the podcast, um, How I Build This. Um, it's Guy Raz. It, it's, it's one of those ones where basically interviews a, a, a business owner or like so a lot of the big businesses like Patagonia and... Mm-hmm. Um, like Vice Media and stuff are all on there. <clears throat> and the one thing I realized by listening to it, like every single episode, like without missing one, every single episode, the owner of the business came so close to failure and like properly like bankruptcy and, and losing it all like multiple times as the business was growing. Tommy's been reading a book for the last eight years called Shoe Dog. <laughs> and, if he e- e- and if he ever finishes it, he'll realize that Nike, like Nike, one of the biggest... Nike. 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 Oh, let me just go ride my two-wheeled bikey. Fucking idiot. <laughs> um, it is Nike, by the way. I, I'm, aware, I'm aware that it is Nike, but, you know, play on. Um, and that, like, that's one of those businesses that you look at as, like, uber successful. Um, but, but um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Phil Knight almost failed thousands of times. And I think that's one of the things that we forget as, or just as people, but as, you know, business owners or entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call yourself, that, you're going to fail and you're going to fuck up. You're going to f- There's going to be times where you're like, I don't think I can do this anymore. But yeah. if it's something you're truly passionate about and you love, you're eventually going to find your way out of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are there one or two failures that you've made that kind of stick out 
as I don't know, turning points or memorable moments or anything like that? Um, there's hundreds of little <laughs> ones. Yeah. Um, and like far is your biggest learning curve to success, really. Yeah. Um, it's like embrace it, indulge in it. Um, you know, if you haven't failed at something, go out and make sure you do. Mm. Um, I know that sounds stupid. Um, I reckon my one of my biggest failures in what I do is the process of learning time management. Um, I probably let a lot of people down, a lot of environments down, probably a lot of opportunities purely because um, I didn't provide enough personal time or or overdid it in my world. Like I did yep. too many things at once, yep. which I'm pretty good at doing. <laughs> um, you know, like most people, like how do you balance everything you do? And I go, I actually don't really know. So it's almost like a natural skill set for me. But at the same time, I have to be super intentional about what I am giving my time to. Um, so, you know, in my in my current business statuses, the two businesses that I'm a director or owner of um, are pretty self-sustaining. Like they only take me a couple of hours a week to run, but that's because I fully trust the staff and my other business partners. Mm. Um, and and because and the reason I don't like that, some of that stuff is my passion. But the reason I don't put more time into that is because I'm working a 4.5 day at Discovery Church where I'm committed to a team and a culture and an environment that I need to invest my time into. Otherwise, I'm going to let other people down, not necessarily myself. Um, and if I look at the big picture, it's all about the community and the people that I'm impacting in my world and what can I give back to the world. So um, I reckon some of my biggest values would come out of time management. Yeah, I like that. Where does your faith fit into everything and how has that kind of developed over the last 10 years? Yeah, well, I, like I grew up in a Christian family, yep. so um, that obviously plays a massive role but doesn't mean I had it easy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like family divorce, um, grew up, was pretty independent from the age of 12 or 13, lived on a hobby farm, lived by myself. And then later in life, um, as in lived in the shed by myself, <laughs> um, later in life through that sort of stuff, I guess I went on my own journey of... I sure I was a Christian but I lived like anyone else like there was yep. no difference between me um, and then I just felt in my faith that I needed to kind of deciding moment and own it for myself and I kind of went on a pilgrim trip around the world 17 countries five and a half months off six grand wow That's and, went, and basically went with the intention to go I'm going to find another man's war to fight because I actually want to do something beyond myself yeah, wow. and at the same time felt like in my faith God saying to me that nah you're at communities back home like I would have got myself killed mm-hmm. like I was going through Iran I mean you know Georgia Azerbaijan wow. Eastern, like the northern border of Iraq like all that sort of stuff basically just finding somewhere where I could whether it's you know pick up an AK and, and save some children soldiers or yeah wow or work in you know the trafficking industry or whatever um I felt that nah like in, inside of me that I could go I need to be back home and it's time to decide on myself and on my own terms that I'm living this sort of life but like what do I actually want to do in life and for me you know I'm not I'm not oblivious to the rest of the world I, mm. I wasn't kept in a Christian bubble yeah. and I went it, it kind of came to a point where I go actually I think this Christian thing and, and, and this faith journey is real and I think there's something important in, impacting in it and basically just committed to the journey and then and then kind of went from there and then I had some crazy moments through life that defining moments where I go you know how do you end up working for a church you know what I mean like yeah. and I never wanted to work for a church or be paid by the church you know what I mean and then here I am um, 
and it's, I guess it's a, it's never you know one moment. It's a journey and working out that relationship and and how you own your own faith because it's different for everyone. It's completely different. Yeah, and and that's the thing that I guess talking to Tommy and Sammy and a few of the other boys and like I'm starting to like learn the different kind of views of effectively the same same thing. If you could like articulate your your faith to someone that you've never met and doesn't have faith yep. in that in that realm, how would you do it? Um, I'd say my goal would be to have a real and tangible relationship with God or Jesus and th- and in that express it in a way that is I'm humble, I'm just a normal human trying to work out life and I don't have it down pat and I'm mm-hmm. not perfect and I'm going to screw up all the time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know life's better because I have faith and I believe in Jesus and that I get to do life and community with him. I like that. It's good. It, it's such a hard one. I'm trying to conv- to talk about it. and I've been like pondering this since we've talked heaps and I'm trying to I think trying to distill it down talking to a bunch of friends that you know as well Jake um, but like you talk a lot about meditation and those kind of things like Christians meditate as well like it's not an exclusive thing to people with that faith but I think the difference is when, when we meditate and we pray we're looking for an external influence whereas say meditation can be somewhat internal mm-hmm. looking to the universe we call that that's, that's God, that's Jesus yeah. talking to us and that's divine intervention, talking to you with a plan, within, with a purpose as opposed to kind of magic and unknown. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's all so, semantics, really. I'm going to jump across the desk. Semantics is the thing. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, what, it's, it's funny because like, the definitions are fairly similar but what... I would say the universe, you're, you would say God. Mm. And but it, for us, that's like the biggest thing. Like, that's yeah. not semantics. That's just the whole thing. <laughs> that it is, there's, there's, somewhat, there's something over your life that has purpose and drive and yeah, it's, it's why you live, it's why you do what you do. And it, it makes, there's an unbelievable peace in it as well. So like, Jake's been through some crazy stuff. That's I've insane, been through yeah. some less crazy stuff, but like really just different things. And you go, it's all relative, right? There's a peace in it. And you're like, it's cool. Mm. Nothing phases you. Like there's, it can suck. It can hurt. It can be terrible. But there's an underlying piece of like, it's all good. It's gonna be fine. Like this is a season. This is something that's gonna change. But I know that there's something bigger out there that I can influence, and something's influencing me. And I don't know. Is there's an unbelievable calm to it. It does. It's, I, like, and it's. I think a lot of people search for that through meditation and things. And yeah, I, I don't know if you're the same as me, but I find like. I'm always kind of at peace with that kind of stuff with the world, no matter how mm. messed up and terrible it can seem. Like it's all good, it's coming, it's coming through. Like I don't know, mm. I don't know how to describe it. And there's, you can chase that peace forever, but there's for us, there's one way to find it. I, I just found through everything I tried in the world, it is in if you go secular world or Christian world, so my context, mm. um, everything I tried in the world, yeah, it's fun. It was temporary. It was awesome. It it was. Um, it had an impact on my world and I had heaps of fun but at the end of the day I would go to bed and go oh, I feel empty I'm not fulfilled I don't really have that drive where you know like what, what you know so in context of meditation like if you even if you talk about hey if you talk to a Buddhist if you talk to a Hindu if you talk to a Christian and you go I know him I know her like I go hey why did you do that oh I just no, mm. like everyone's got a context for that, but they yeah. can't explain what that is. Mm. No one can. Yeah. Like meditation, I just knew inside of me. Mm. Oh, was it your head? No. <laughs> was it your heart? Uh, no. Something. Like so, I, like mm-hmm. 
by science definition, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yet everyone has context for it. Mm. Yeah. For us, mm. for us, that's Jesus, Holy Spirit, God. Yeah. Um, for someone else, it's you know, it's their God. Mm. And you can go into any context around the world and they can all say the same thing and they have some explanation for it. Or maybe they don't, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. And well, yeah, well, at least we try, we try and find an explanation for it. Exactly. And for me, nothing made more sense or more tangible <clears throat> real sense than when I felt that I was having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's and, cool. And, and I've tested, measured that. Yeah, multiple times. You know, people like don't test God. I'm like, no, I've tested it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I kid you not. I the reason I went to theology college, I was in Bali 2012, there for New Year's, yep. having an absolute wow. worldly party. Right, like that place is messed up at New Year's. Like my drink got spiked the night before with mushroom based stuff and had the world's biggest trip. Right, and but in in that context, two of my other mates had a worse trip, and I was the guy that. Like we had a punch on with others, got yeah. mugged. Yeah. Like hangover story night, right? Yeah, right. Next morning, sitting by the pool, feeling crap, and something inside me just goes, you know, go to theology college. Mm. Like this exact course that starts in three weeks and this time, and I'm like, that's a load of crap. I can't even do college. Like I'm <laughs> terrible yeah. at it. It's like it's right. Yeah. I look back in hindsight and go, for me, that was Jesus, mm. or the Holy Spirit, and that has had so much impact on my journey and has basically created who I am today. You know, and then there's other times where I haven't listened to that inner voice, and I've regretted it ever since. Yeah. And I've been like, "Damn it!" Because someone did the same thing and got the result that I would have got, and you just and it's test and measure, and and the, and like I said, it's a journey, but it's it's one of those things. And it's like why I travel so much, like because every culture you go with, and no matter what religion they're based off, no matter where you are, people are beautiful, mm. and the world's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's an amazing place to explore and for me every single culture I go into I get to experience a little bit of God's creation or a little bit of what I would call the kingdom so God's kingdom in that culture like what's God doing there or what are people doing there or what's beautiful about this culture because everyone's got this aspect of mm. like creation beauty amazement and mm. bring that back to my own context you know what yeah. I mean and I don't know I've just tested measured it and gone nothing else was worth it and I felt empty and then when I felt I was following God or had that relationship with him, mm. my world just goes, it's just better. I have context and it makes yeah. sense and I feel peace and I have fulfillment and I don't go to sleep going, what's my purpose? You know what I mean? I never have that thing of going, what am I really doing here? Yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting because I, I guess I come from the, the other end, of the secular end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and I find that calm and that peace <clears throat> like in the fact that it's all just chaos and in the fact like that what we really do doesn't matter and there's no real meaning to anything but in my own way I feel incredibly relaxed that that's what gives everything meaning yeah. I guess that whole meaning no no, no meaning like <clears throat> like get oh, yeah. twisted up in, in that mindset yeah. but yeah and I, I like like the meditation side of things it's like diving into me and how I feel which at the end of the day I'm just like a, like a bit of whim of dust in the universe and like I, lo- I love that we're all trying to find that meaning and that purpose yeah. and what that meaning and that purpose is just depends on us and our own I guess perceptions mm-hmm. um, I wrote down a actually wrote down a Jim um, Jim Carrey quote yesterday that was really cool Come on. you stop explaining yourself when you realise people only understand from their level of perception yep that's good so it's like it's like I can find someone who's like 
devout Christian and with, with no, I guess, with blinders on around everything else. And you can find someone that's devout, um, like atheist or whatever, and with the same thing, and they're just going to butt heads forever because mm-hmm. they only understand things from the way they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I think our ability as people, um, business owners, like friends, whatever, to be able to kind of take a step back from that, I don't know whether it's ego or whether it's that first point of first point yeah, first person point of view and like step back or like helicopter up and kind of look at everything and kind of go a little bit like okay that's kind of cool that because yeah. you know I see it as we kind of believe the same things but different we look at it differently um, like Tommy keeps saying it's just semantics and I guess it's <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those things that frustrates the hell out of me <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like me. I've never seen you so mad. <laughs> it's the other day where, where you'd like you'd like pour your heart out and I'd be like, yeah, it's just semantics though. Oh, it was like, I reckon 10 minutes or so. He's like, yeah, semantics. I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't usually show emotions. It's like I stopped, <laughs> I stopped listening five minutes ago, but yeah, semantics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit. What's, and this is like a, a super broad question, which yeah. Tommy also loves. What's next? Oh, I do like that. Shivers. Um, I'm in like a review stage um, so um, as far as I can see I'm going to keep working at Discovery Church and, yeah. and keep going on that journey um, but it will change in its role um, it will become more of a in-house entrepreneur type thing like how can I be growing the church which is really just a, a group of people a community that's based around something so whether it's AFL or, or God mm. and how we engaging and making our community better so um you know is it opening a brewery down the road where it's just good people like common folk yeah. like i look at common folk and go man this is an awesome model of a church because people think church you know yeah. you're on the altar or this thing i'm like no nah, it's just a place where you get to be centered around a common thing yeah. um and this is what like steeple's doing as well yeah so. yeah so a good buddy of ours cory mitchell runs a church called steeple that opened a um coffee shop um, sandwich bar in Waterman Business Centres or in a Waterman, in the Chaston Waterman Business District and yep. um, it's sick because they just they're just good people making great coffee great food in an environment where they get X number of hundred people of corp- uh, X number of corporate people come through doors every single day you know what I mean it's just being a positive attitude in the world mm. um, so that will probably change a bit and, and more of a focus on entrepreneurship um, what does it look like to move the church forward um, Double Park, we're looking at expanding, growing, and what that looks like. And so, um, the coffee world, um, yeah, like watch this space, doublepark.co. Um, yeah, we'll, we've got some, <laughs> yeah, come on, we've got some cool plans there. I've got my commercial cleaning company, it works in uh, specialised in aged care facilities. Yeah. Um, so, don't even try and find us because we don't exist other than big <laughs> corporates. And, um, Basically, I've had that for five odd years. That's cool. Um, and a couple of staff um, that just that run that because um, I was a window cleaner, bought a company and kept it growing. And that's when I really started working out that I could do this whole bivocational, mm. um, let someone else run my business and still have input mm. into it and just be more refined, um, you know, and hopefully travel and do the things I'm really passionate about whilst hopefully making some side money. Um, cool. I'm looking at starting a charity consulting space in the reusable sanitary pad stuff. Um, pretty exciting what could happen there. Um, and the latest one is a health food product um, that I've got some samples of at the minute, which is on the download cool. for now. Yeah, 
But, um, you know, you can find me on social media and I'm sure you'll find eventually when it comes comes to real life. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's not the potato gems like... in front of Tommy at the moment, is it? Yeah, uh, gluten-free. <laughs> 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 yeah, so who knows, really? Like, yeah, cool. being a serial entrepreneur, I say this now and you might ask me next week and I've got two new business ideas. That's or cool. <laughs> some other opportunities presented itself, you know. I like that. That's good. So, it's what good about travel-wise, where are you going next? Uh, well, I've been on a bit of a bender lately. Um... <laughs> So, interstate heaps. I was in Africa, so I went to uh, South Africa, um, Zambia, uh, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and Malawi. And then I was in India as well, doing some um, stuff with an organization around like food processing stuff, um, businesses' missions, so the concept of running a business for a purpose bigger than yourself. Um, doing some stuff around that. So I'm a bit like stuffed at the minute, but my next plane ticket is to Bali, which is actually a holiday in January. Yeah, nice. So pretty keen to actually go traveling for no other reason yeah. than sitting by a pool. Relive that uh, 2012 yeah, right. years. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been back since, so it will happen. I love that. All right, I've got a bunch of little questions for you to finish off. You can dive deep into these or you can keep service level. Yeah. How would you change the school system? Oh, um, make it more practical mm-hmm. so the fact of life skills or life hacks yeah um, yeah teach them how to read write but not at a level that's I'm going to be a genius but at a level of just basic skills mm. and then go make it tailored to the point of um, each person is their own person their own human and no one lives the same life so how do you best engage with that I like that and go alright let's actually come up with a coaching program or a so I can year one to six or prep to six is basically general life skills. Yeah. High school is not is not about <clears throat> advancing your general life things. That's a pretty small market in the yeah. big world. But hey, what is what sort of person is this? So working out what their gifts are, yeah. what sort of personality they are, personality tests, and going all right. We know this is going to change, but right mm. now you're your own human, and let's develop that the best we can. I like that. If you, if you could bring a subject in that's you've written it like designed it if you could bring a subject in to say like second half of high school year 9 to 12s, what would you what would you teach them entrepreneurship yeah cool yeah. I like that just chasing what they love and, yep. and finding a purpose yep. risk management but actually, <laughs> yeah. actually having the guts to take the risk yeah um, how do I do this in a way that's smart and I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna end up with a with hundred million dollars worth of debt but you know, how do I do? How do I have a positive change in the world, or have a positive business in the world, and yeah. not kill myself at the same time, mm. metaphorically? <laughs> Good. What's your favourite fun fact? Oh, that Australia doesn't fit within us within within America. If you put a map over a map, minus Alaska, yeah. Australia is bigger than America. It's pretty cool. Wow. Like when you think about it, you look yeah. at a map and you go, oh, "America's huge." And they're like, yeah, Australia's a tiny <coughs> the, little island. I can't remember what the map's called, but if you Google like actual size world map, like yeah. it's it's looks, I don't know, it looks like the uh, the actual globe's been put in an oven and like it's all twisted and like <laughs> contorted. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, what is success to you? Uh, looking back at on my deathbed and going, I had a positive impact to the globe that made the world a better place. Good. Good definition. Are you happy? Yep. Yep. And it's attention. It's attention of I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. Mm. As in, I'm not. I'm satisfied in who I am and the journey I'm on, and that carries joy and happiness. Um, and I'd 
I'd give my faith heaps of credit to that. Um, at the same, because I can be a pretty negative focused person at times. Yeah. Um, because I'm a problem solver. That's why I'm an entrepreneur is because I see a problem in the world and I figure out a way to solve it. Um, so being, I am happy, but at the same time, I'm like, what else can I do? So, you know, and I don't think I'll ever hit the satisfaction point where I'm like, I've actually made it. I've actually Agreed. done everything I want yeah. to do. Because even if I became a philanthropist, serial entrepreneur, and like Dave Hodge, I had 30 companies in nine countries and it's probably worth, let's say, $2 billion. Yep. And I'm giving away... Just- billion still going to be more things you want to do there's still going to be more I want to do and if you look at success stories that's what everyone says doesn't matter how much money you earn doesn't matter how much you do in the world you'll never fully want to stop and it's different for different people it might be sitting with your family and hanging out with your grandkids that might be success and paid off your home or it might be building billion dollar companies and giving away all of it Mm. so Mm. I've never asked this question before but if if you could live forever would you? Oh. oh oh You're pretty happy with that, aren't you? Someone write that down. In this life? Like on this world? Yeah. No. Does that come from a from the faith that there's something else? Or from the Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think there is something I don't know what it is. I'm not gonna try and define what heaven and hell is or the afterlife. It's impossible and it's a debate that's never gonna end. Um, but I do think there's something else after. But as a kid, I clearly remember, and this would be a developmental, I reckon I was about 10 or 9, and it was a developmental thing, and I remember my mum talking about heaven and going, it's for eternity. And I was like, what do you mean by eternity? What's yeah. the word eternity? And she's like, it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever stops. And that actually scared the crap out of me as a kid. Because <coughs> I was like, hang on a second, there is no end to it? And just yeah. your, your brain is a development stage, and you just go, like, what? Like, how's that possible that nothing something will never end um you know so as soon as you said that that was the first thought that came up to me like heck no like i was scared <laughs> as, so as scary, kid. Yeah. Like, i don't want to go to heaven if that was yeah. if that's what heaven is you know what i mean um i'm not going to try and define what it is but um yeah no no thanks good I like yeah. that yeah i'm excited for what is next yeah <laughs> well i think you know. it's we've we talked about this before like sometimes you need the the negative to balance out like if there was no oh, 100% if it was never going to end you kind of the beauty of life is kind of lost a bit like there's no there's I don't know it's it's diminished slightly if there's no death somehow yeah having having that finishing point or that like a finite resource mm. adds value to the resource yeah, like yeah. absolutely there's a part of me that's like it'd be sick because imagine how much cool stuff you could, you could do, do yeah. yeah like you could just master so many things and just absolutely kill it mm. and then I'm like no you get sick of it imagine losing your mates over and over and over and over and over yeah. again yeah community friends relationships yeah. kids mm. yeah it'd be hectic but uh, yeah it's, it'd be interesting to kind of like there'd, there'd probably be a number of lifetimes you'd want to live and then you'd be like okay I'm done yeah that's <laughs> right <laughs> alright 300 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's cool because um, we underestimate how much we can actually achieve in a year yeah um, totally I think we overestimate how much we can achieve in a month but underestimate how much we can achieve in a year yeah yep. good question though yeah I'll we'll use that again um, do you have a favourite dad joke oh yep hit me answer the phone hey this is Jake hey is your fridge running <laughs> yep better go catch it 
Yeah, terrible. That was horrible. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that was, I was hoping for something better. When you said, yep, you're smart, I'm like, fuck, we're on here. No, mine's we were. It was so yeah. bad. So that was the only thing I could think of. Play on. Good. Mate, thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. If you want to pump up your stuff, and how, how do people find you? Yep. So, uh, J.R. Wilson um, is my Instagram, um, or Jake Wilson's my name, doublepark.co or doublepark.coffee on Instagram. Um, what else is there? I don't know, social media. Um, you can find me through all of that. LinkedIn, oh, Jake yeah. Wilson. I don't know how good my profile is. <laughs> I don't pay much attention to it. It's, yeah, anyway. Does me head in corporates. Gonna um, <laughs> play it again. Uh, yeah, one of those things, or just or hit me up at jake.richard.wilson at gmail.com. Mate, love your work. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for having me.